welcome to Collision Cast, the official podcast of Fender Bender Magazine, helping collision repair shop owners make money, save money, and work smarter. I'm Fender Bender editor Todd Kortemeyer. In this episode, I'm joined by new Fender Bender columnist Drew Bryant, owner of DB Orlando Collision in Florida. Drew will be discussing his somewhat unusual background in collision repair and what he's learned from operating his successful business for the past decade plus. Drew will also give a preview of what sort of topics you can expect from his monthly column, Due Process. And now, here's our conversation. about your um, background in the industry, how you, you know, I understand you had kind of a unique path to collision repair, so you kind of uh, run through your background and uh, how you got started. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I was uh, first job, uh, Panera Bread, restaurant uh, manager, uh, kind of worked my way from a dishwasher through upper management on the local store level uh, until I increased my responsibility to several stores and Naturally, I was uh, attending uh, administration meetings where I was a uh, total fish out of water. Uh, I was 18, 19 at the time, attending meetings uh, in downtown uh, Tampa, Clearwater area, where everyone in the room had a PhD in restaurant management, except for myself. So really just a sponge kind of absorbing um you know, as much of the process implementation and importance of standards within operations in general. Um, never really realized what I was absorbing until I got into my own business. But uh, a few years down the road and down the path, I was uh, burnt out on uh, the hours that the restaurant industry demands. Anybody that's been in that industry knows uh, the amount of hours that you'll put up. And uh, I was doing 70, 80 hour weeks uh, easy, consistently every week. Um, Ended up uh, getting involved in an accident. I always had a passion for cars. Um, did some car stereo stuff, some custom work on the side. Uh, grew up next to a guy that worked for Disney. Did a lot of uh, fiberglass moldings and things. So had some knowledge around silicone molds and, and whatnot and kind of adapted that to the car world. So on the side, I would work on some of those things, um, sell them online, etc. But got involved in an accident. Um, car ended up going through the motion of repair. Um, just with the insurance selected shop, uh, got it back. Things weren't, uh, quite right. Uh, had it inspected. Um, had, had a buddy of mine do a, a PRI post repair inspection on it, uh, ended up having to be bought back. And the exposure through that experience kind of led me to, um, you know, it just ignited me to do some more research. Um, I, I was, I was taken back at what they were willing to put me back into and my family more important. Um, and from there, I just kind of dug the books, started traveling, researching anything I possibly could and really set out to, uh, develop a shop that, uh, would speak to the guy that I wish I had somebody that was, you know, a shop that would protect me, um, from, or, you know, a protected consumer from them ever having the same experience that I did. Um, and the deeper I dug, um, the more I realized that, uh, there was a need for that. Uh, and the influence that uh, many of the, the underground contracts uh, that insurers had uh, had leveraged over the industry and uh, a lot of really good people putting in work, just uh, unfortunately uh, naive to the specifics of repair in the eyes of the manufacturers and the OEs. And 
the more I found, the more every, every leaf that I unturned was just further and further opportunity. Um, so here we are 12, 12 years later and, uh, in the middle of running my own, my own dream. <laughs> so, um, you know, what was it like, you know, in the early going, did you, you know, I assume you learned some lessons, maybe the hard way. What was, you know, like kind of, you know, in the, the first few years getting, um, your first collision repair shop really off the ground. Yeah, for me, it was, uh, it was a lot of research. Um, you know, my mind, there was a lot of instinctive approaches that I had towards just business in general, whether it be inventory control, controlling your material and supply, um, you know, monitoring and reducing cost of goods sold to increase your GP and, and really just make sure that you're running a profitable business. And um, when I was listening and kind of checking with, with peers at that time, the first few years in, a lot of them were robbing Peter to pay Paul and just kind of going through the motion and, um, specifics at that early in the, in the years I, I didn't have, I, I really didn't understand why it was, but the further that I went, um, you know, year two, year three really started defining who our target customer was, who we were going to be able to bring value to. Um, you know, I think at that point it became knowing that what people I needed and then figuring out a way to be able to afford them. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, naturally, you know, very A-type personality. I was, I was operating from a mindset that, uh, the jobs that I was doing, the, 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 you know, advocating for the customers and answering the phones or selling the work, whatever it was, um, you know, I was faced with the reality of, you know, no one, you know, or the perception rather of no one's going to do it as good as I am. And, um, once I sat down and just kind of defined an, an org chart with, how many positions I was actually filling and the need for, um, you know, the areas that maybe I thought I was doing well in, but, uh, you know, according to the numbers, um, maybe, uh, you know, there's somebody out there that could have done them better and just slowly started replacing myself in those positions one at a time. And a big realization there was, um, by doing so and, and kind of having the discipline to really hone in and focus systematically on what person was, was a higher priority than the next, um, in the early stages of building the business. And I found, um, that uh, the individuals that I was hiring to be put into those positions as we created budgets for them were doing tenfold the job that I, I could have ever done just strictly because I was spread so thin. So we've now as an experienced shop owner, having gone through you know, the entire range of experiences, you know, what are some things that you're seeing um, that other shop owners are doing that, you know, are not doing, I guess, more specifically, um, that they're, you know, they're leaving some success out there, that there's some things that you've seen in your processes, um, which is what we'll get into in, you know, what your columns are going to be about, but what, you know, what are some of those things that you've seen? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, is, you know, the challenge of thinking that things could be done a different way. And there's so many people, really good folks that are in this industry that unfortunately just are having the hardest time maybe pivoting and adapting to a different concept. Um, you know, I personally, I think the two biggest things in, 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 in your business, especially in this business that, that we're going to, uh, um, you're going to lose you know time and money on is, is going to be in transition time in general. Um, you know, whether that be, could be considered communication, but just the transition of the text transition of, of the, um, getting the information to expectations to the customer, um, getting the car in, getting the car through production, all of those transitions, 
um, there's a significant amount of opportunity that's undermined it overall within the industry. Um, shops aren't uh, set up for, um, you know, uh, things that, that have order and, and, and develop routines. Uh, and I think that a lot of facilities without any additional funds, without any additional resources of, for square footage or personnel can really increase efficiencies by just simply making a few tweaks to um, intentionally focusing on, on better transition times. And second to that is training. Um, you know, training is something that uh, redundantly gets spoke about within our industry. People, uh, people talk about the, the need of it regularly and how there's a shortage of technicians and, 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 you know, all of these things, but the reality of, of who's taking action versus who's talking about it, um, I'm finding is, you know, very, uh, very short. And although it's very expensive to do, Internally, the rewards, um, you know, from implementing just, you know, disciplined training schedules and, and having some sort of order to it. Right. Uh, there's a lot of guys that I've met along the way um, that, that claim that they're, they're, they're training and they're training their people and keeping them current. Uh, but there's really no there's no order. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Um, there's there's a significant amount of redundancy within it. There's there's people sitting in trainings that maybe the training is 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 overqualified there's people sitting in trainings where the, where the training is underqualified content so um really kind of putting order to those things i think um without spending a dollar more could, could significantly impact the industry as a whole and and the more and more i hear about it the more that uh that i i, I talk with other shops and visit other shops those are those are two areas that uh that we burn our gears on for sure so we've named your column due process, and one of the things you're known for in the industry is process implementation. Um, could you talk a little bit about what are some of the topics that you're going to be covering in the column and what people can expect? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, throughout, throughout this process, and uh, is, it's, it's, it's kind of baffling to me because, you know, I, I love cars, but I don't physically work on cars, you know, much, especially not anymore. Um, but throughout this journey, there was, there was, uh, I was faced with many times where I'd be in a situation where maybe, maybe we were all, whether it be a 20 group or committee meeting or just trying to give two cents and, and we would try to brainstorm some ideas around, um, any relative topic. Um, and my instinctive, you know, first, just from the hip response, um, would, would have several people going. You know, that's that's interesting. I, I would have never thought of it that way. And then kind of we would rabbit hole further. And the next thing you know, some form of of my suggestion would end up being implemented. Um, and the instinctive approach for me is just, uh, you know, how do we utilize our people within the industry or and and or you know, boil down to simply within your store um, to the maximum potential? Right. Um, you know, processes are something that um, if, if, if you've never been exposed to them and or developing or implementing them, you can think and think and think and think and think and never physically take action to implement. When in reality, the best thing that you could do um, to learn around them and, and understand what's what's good for you and, and maybe maybe what, what, what doesn't work specifically for your store is just to make decisions and then learn from those decisions. And I'm hoping to be able to kind of expose, um, you know, the playbook of, of just, you know, reasonable process implementation, how, how to develop them, uh, how to create standards within the store, um, you know, how to communicate that into, you know, clear expectations for everybody, um, you know, which collaterally should increase, 
transition times and and really hone in on the on the little details the in between you know our our industry recently has experienced um you know since covid a shortage of uh industry professionals and or a way the way the trade typically communicated from the insurance side regardless what side of the fence that you were on whether it be on the drp model and or in an independent world um but we all share you know common requirement of being of having to communicate uh, whether it be on the customer's behalf or with the customers and or with the insurer in an efficient manner and when they pulled those positions and there's and we reduce the number of um, agents out in the field inspecting these cars you know digital file transfers and documenting through photographs and the exposure to additional liabilities all of those things you know processes are no longer an option you know if you're not if you're not in a position that you're documenting every step and, and doing it to where you're not having to hire additional administration to do so, and it just becomes embedded within, you know, ingrained in what you what you do on a daily basis, um, you know, ultimately, I think that's the only way that you're, you're you know, forget about thriving, but I think it's the only way you're going to survive in the industry at this point. And, uh, you know, I, I think I've got uh, a long list of, of very easy, you know, uh, to, to comprehend and implement um, solutions that, uh, hopefully, you know, um, you, you guys can try within their store and, um, you know, see what the results are for them internally. And, uh, you know, I'd love a circumstance to be able to kind of rub brains and, and figure out, uh, what I can do to, you know, push it further, you know, outside of that, making sure that, uh, you know, pay structures and things are all, uh, based around metrics and, uh, you know, we're driving healthy net margins and, and, you know, increasing uh, uh, beyond the just the people that were impacting within the store, but you, you know, you're 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 doing it, and you're you're making money doing it, and you feel like you're progressing and moving forward. And whether it's growth that you're focused on, uh, hopefully, you know, we can focus on things that uh, you know processes that will drive that. And uh, you know, if it's if it's just improving what you already have, um, then then it should be right at home. You know, it should be right on right on the target. Perfect. Well. We look forward to uh, reading more from you. We've got a couple you know, columns out from you so far and certainly a lot more to come. Uh, so I think those are all interesting and important topics and hopefully our listeners agree. Uh, Drew Bryant, thanks again for joining us and uh, telling us a little bit more about your life and career. My absolute pleasure, Doug. Appreciate you.